I'm Alexander Hefner, your host on The Open Mind. You can follow us at Open Mind TV or support our series on Patreon on patreon.com slash The Open Mind. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, the owner and creator behind McLoon's Lobster in South Thomaston, Maine, Bree Burns. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. As a native Mainer, uh, as someone who has the skills to find the gems of lobsters out there, um, how do you do it? Tell me about the history of McLoon's. Yeah. So, um, you know, my family's been in the lobster business for a long time, about over 30 years. Um, And, you know, mainly dealing in the wholesale, like buying, buying and selling from, from lobstermen and then distributing processing, you know, sending it all over restaurants, other wholesalers, whatever. Um, but with McLoon's, um, we kind of have this situation where we have a buying station for lobsters. So the lobstermen come directly to our wharf and sell their lobsters there. And then across the way from like, just across the water from that is our little lobster shack. Um, so it's really like the, it's like the full experience there. Like it doesn't get any closer you know, to the source. Um, and it is one of like the oldest working lobster wharves in the area. Um, and it still has like, it still looks like it did back in like early 1900s, you know, like it hasn't changed much. A lot of the wharves have become a lot more, um, you know, like industrial looking and bigger and fancier. And we're literally just this, this little like red building and lobstermen come in and weigh up their lobsters. And, um, and it's like a lovely, like, atmosphere and a lovely, lovely way to experience it, experience Maine. You ship your lobster from Maine and from those lobstermen to McLoon's to anywhere in the United States. Yeah. Um, what has been the experience of your business and lobster men and women generally during the pandemic? We are on this year anniversary now, marking yeah. the beginning of it. What has your year been like? It's been wild. I mean, um, when the, um, when the pandemic like first started, um, we like, we did get this major, major bump in business, but then there was also this like China shutdown, right? So China was China who buys a lot of lobsters from the United States, from Maine specifically, um, wasn't getting them anymore because, you know, of COVID and um, that really affected the price. Um, So there's this whole like market behind lobster business and the price fluctuates like all the time, like daily. Um, It's all supply and demand like based. So then there was that. So then like the price, um, because there was a surplus now there was there, it went way down. So for the lobster man, it was tough because the, the price was just low. So a lot of them started peddling lobsters themselves. They'd, you know, go out and sell, you know, say, you know, go to the side of the road and say, I'm going to be here at this time. And if people want to come and buy lobsters. Um, but for us with our business, we saw a bump because people were, people were home. And when the quarantines were happening and everything, people wanted something to do, you know, like, something to look forward to. So ordering lobsters, I think sounded pretty good. Um, now, um, you know, so throughout the year, it kind of, it changed. Like our shipping business has definitely seen a huge bump. Um, like not more than a bump, you know, a huge spike. It's, um, 
because because of the situation. People are ordering more stuff at home. Um, the shack itself, um, you know, we did see a little bit of a, a decline in business over the summer, but, um, you know, we're set up in a way that's pretty COVID friendly because all the seating is outdoor. Um, you just like order up at a window. You don't go in anywhere. So, um, you know, and a lot of our, our customers were people that were either Maine based or New England based, Northeast based, they would drive up, you know, and like for a way to get away, do something. So, um, say that's pretty much, you know, and then this season, our Christmas, um, and our Valentine's days were just huge. Um, so it's been, it's been crazy. And right now, actually lobster prices are like crazy high. Um, I don't really know exactly the cause. There's a lot of different things, but they're really high right now. Um, something about like connected with the Canadian lobsters and processing. Um, but so, yeah, that's pretty much where we're at now. And then the price, I mean, the price will go back down and always does. And um, you know, especially around the summertime. So the seasonal trajectory. Yes. And balancing that. And yes. the price, which is not necessarily contingent upon or correlated with the season per se. So you have kind of these two kinds of fluctuation pretty constantly. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there is a seasonal fluctuation as well, which has to do with the um, time of year that the lobsters shed their shells. So if you've ever heard of like a hard shell or a soft shell lobster, um, a soft shell lobster is cheaper, um, will be cheaper than a hard shell lobster. And they, they come in the summertime. So, um, you know, that price is always going to be lower than a hard shell. Um, and lobsters, you know, cause there's more lobsters in the summertime. There's just more to catch. So price goes down. Um, and then typically in the winter, you know, price goes up, but then things like COVID happen and, um, you know, all different things happen, which can affect the price. So, um, you know, it's, it is a constantly changing thing that you have to adapt to. You mentioned your business, uh, the mail order piece yeah. driving and, it has proven something to people. It proved this to me that you thought you might have to visit New England to have the best lobster mm -hmm. experience, but the way you package and deliver it to preserve its quality in its integrity completely means that you can have New England and Maine specifically um, your leisure. Um, and I'm sure that before the pandemic, that was not a clear concept to people. Folks thought in order to experience Maine lobster, you have to be in New England or Maine. But you really, that's not really true anymore. No, it's not. It's kind of wild how that's opened. This has opened up a whole new, a whole new thing to people. Like, it's like, if I can't go there, if I can't travel, okay, I can get some food from there. Like I can overnight lobster from Maine you know, or, um, or anywhere, like I can get a, you know, a muffaletta from New Orleans or whatever. Um, but I think it's, you know, there's something about obviously sitting on the water with like the ocean smell and like the cool breeze and the view, like, you know, you don't get that, but you do get the, the quality. Like we, you know, everything's packed overnight, put a bunch of gel ice in there. So it stays nice and cold. We cook everything the day we ship it out. So it's like, we really can't get much fresher. Um, you know, if people are concerned about like quality or what is mail order lobster like, or, you know, going all the way 
to Hawaii or whatever, like it, it gets there and it's, and it's like as fresh as you would have it at, you know, any lobster shack in Maine almost. Now, from what you're describing, mm-hmm. your very most delectable and succulent lobster is the product of fishermen and, and lobstermen and women, yeah. um, not a single source. But what is really the trigger of that trade in terms of having the you know most tender, sweetest uh, lobster? Because you consistently do, and you are pretty distinctive in that sense. Uh, what kind of unites the experience of your of the lobster men and women from whom you, um, you know, with whom you do business? So I think like where we're located is a, is a big part of it. Um, Maine has a reputation for having great lobster for a reason. Um, and it's because I think the water temperature, um, you know, it's like that specific temp, um, which, you know, causes the lobsters to be, um, you know, a certain hardness, um, shed at a certain time, be a certain quality. Um, so, and then, you know, especially in the summertime when, um, the, the lobsters, you know, shed their shells and then they come in, they like come further inshore so that they can eat, um, you know, cause there's more like food on the ground. Um, and, um, you know, that's when you get that like typical main lobster that, that, that you would imagine. It's like that bright color. It's super tender. Um, some people call it summer lobster or shedders or whatever, but. Um, and then there's the process of cooking it. So you just have to know how to cook it well. You can't overcook it. That's a big part of it. Um, cause when you overcook lobster meat, it just gets rubbery and tough and it's not good. Also uh, freezing it completely changes the texture. It gets all like kind of weird and like, you know, it loses a lot of the water when it defrosts. Um, so we have like a, a whole like process of cooking, cooking the lobsters that, um, you know, involves, um, you know, we steam them. Um, that's the best way to do it super fast. And then, um, immediately once they get to, once they get cooked, properly cooked, immediately put them into ice so that they stop cooking, um, which is a really important part of it. Um, and then I'd say the lobstermen, like, you know, the lobstermen that fish out of our wharf are careful with their lobsters, you know, like they don't, you know, there's all different types of quality of lobsters, depending on where you fish. Like if you fish in the rivers, you're going to get a certain type of lobsters. You fish inshore, offshore. Most of our guys or the guys at the wharf that fish there are inshore guys. Um, and they get, they, you know, the lobsters are high that they get and they take good care of them. So it's all part of it. Like a whole right. and, and Bree, knowing that you are the expert, um, I say lobster men and women. Um, because yeah. You, you and and the lobster men, and I don't know. You could tell me if there are lobster. There women. are lobster women, not at our wharf. There's no one that, um, no, you know, we're a very small wharf. Um, there's, you know, and it's not traditionally something that you know the majority of women do, but there are, you know, I know I know some female lobster men, and they're you know hardworking, great, and you know there are some. There are definitely some out there, just right. not just not as many as lobster men. So. Right, and if you define yeah. it more broadly as proprietor and artisan, yeah, and uh, entrepreneur, you are you right. Are I don't, I don't really lobster. But, yeah. I mean, I have been out and I've you know pulled some traps, but I'm not a lobster. Let yeah. me ask you about the pandemic landscape in Maine because mm-hmm. 
our conversation focuses on the important point that hospitality is central yeah. to Maine economy. And when you think of the plight of fellow Mainers during the pandemic, um, you know, how would you characterize it relative to your neighbors in New England, um, hotspots in the major metropolitan regions of this country? How would you reflect on the pandemic in Maine? Um, so I would say that the summertime, we were okay. Um, when the weather was nice, cause like, you know, everything opened up, everybody was just great at adapting. I mean, you will say about the hospitality industry is that the people that are in it are like, got so creative and were able to adapt and find ways to like keep their businesses going. And so, you know, you'd have, you know, a lot of the streets in Portland are shut down and so that you can do outdoor dining and, um, you know, like all these you know, protocols at, at the hotels and people were still coming here. Um, it wasn't like we weren't having a tourist season. I mean, it was definitely different, but um, people came and we found ways to adapt and everybody found ways to adapt. I mean, we were very lucky. We didn't have, we didn't have to do much to adapt um, because of our situation. Um, but the trouble has come in this winter when, you know, obviously we can't be really outside. Um, and then with cases spiking, um, it's, it's hard for these like, you know, little restaurants that, you know, can't even can't open because, you know, they're too small to justify having their dining rooms open because with social distancing, you can't really seat that many people, um, you know, and like, Takeout is definitely um, a big part what people are doing right now, but it's sad. We've seen a lot of, you know, little places um, that just haven't made it. Like this just didn't, you know, this was too much. Um, You know, luckily we're coming into spring now and the weather's getting a little better. Um, And, you know, with the vaccine, like things are looking a little brighter. So um, hopefully we're on a good track, kind of like, there's a, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would, that's what I would say about Maine. And with, with respect to public policy, mm-hmm. when you think of what can most effectively assist and empower, we think of recovery as relief and then ultimately rejuvenation to not only survive, but thrive. Um, do you feel as though townships and counties, you know, up to the state and federal level have been responsive to your needs at McLoon's? Um, yeah, I would, I mean, yes, we, cause we're, we're okay. Like we're, we were one of the lucky ones where, um, you know, the pandemic, if anything, it increased our business, to be honest, um, with the shipping. So especially with the shipping, not with the shack, um, but, but with the shipping. So, um, you know, our needs, we don't you know at the beginning, it was scary for sure. Um, Cause it was kind of like what's going to happen and payment protection was really important so that we could keep our, keep our crew going, um, keep them employed. Um, and, you know, I would say like it, there, there have been, you know, the Maine has been good about supporting its, its businesses. Um, you know, I think like there's always more that can maybe be done um, because, 
like there's, there's no real way, like other option, you know, unless you like want at the end of this to have, you know, half the restaurants gone. And, you know, I don't know how you like kind of come back from that, but, um, you know, I have seen a lot of places just working so hard to adapt and working so hard to get creative, to find ways to make their businesses work during the season. And, you know, I'm hoping that like everybody comes through it, um, you know, okay. And is able to like, just get through this and then, you know, we'll be back to some sort of normalcy at some point. Do you think that there is relevance to your model, which is something that a certain percentage of restaurants can accommodate? And that mm-hmm. is developing a mail service. Yes. And, you know, you were really a teacher in that respect. And um, I'm wondering if you find other establishments to be receptive to that are, and really are there enough of them that, that can make that flip? I have, you know, I've like, there have been people that I've spoken with that have been interested in kind of going the shipping route and asked me about it. And, um, you know, there's, there's definitely places that are more suited to it than others. Um, but it is definitely like a super viable option. Um, especially if you have like a, a very specific thing that you do that like, you know, a person living in the Midwest or something or living on the, in California or whatever, um, can't really get access to. Um, so, you know, or, or you, you have a name, you know, that is identified with something that people recognize and they're like, Oh, I love the blah, blah, blah from here. Um, but like people are just, people are getting bored of, you know, just like the, the whole like isolation and the same, same things all the time. So it's like a new, a new thing to try, a new thing to do. Um, is always like, you know, I think people see that I see it and I'm like, Oh, a new thing to do. Yes. I'm trying it. Like what they're doing a new menu. Great. Let's do it. Like it, it at least, you know, breaks things up a little bit. When you think of um, your public servants, uh, governor Mills, mm-hmm. Senator King, Senator Collins, um, you know, it's, it's the kind of state where you can have retail politics Um you do know folks, right? I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a state where that's inaccessible. Like you can literally feel people's pain in the, in the cliche sense of president Clinton's comment. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel that way as though, you know, being in Maine during this time, people have felt each other's pain uh, and you feel that sense of being in a state where, retail politics really does matter and serving the common good, especially the economic livelihood of, of our businesses and our people, you know, that there's a real appreciation of that. Oh, absolutely. It's like a wonderful community here. Um, and I think like, even, even though places are struggling and even, you know, even though it's all like up in the air in terms of what businesses are going to survive, are we going to make it through the next month, blah, blah, blah. There's been so much, um, like public service, like a lot of the restaurants, like supporting like these like meal programs for people and making dinners for, for, um, you know, like food banks and stuff like doing these, these, or, um, kids who in school, when schools are shut down, making sure they're getting lunch. And there's like, you know, restaurants and chefs that are going in and preparing all these meals. Um, 
And so like, or places that have just decided to do, do something to help out, like, or to like, just, you know, it's like, I'm not going to make much money on this. We open up like, you know, one day a week to do a little takeout just to like, give someone, you know, give a little to the community, give a little back. So um, it's been heartwarming. Yeah. Are there changes that have happened um, when you think of, you know, developing an equitable economy around the culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Are there changes that have transpired as a result of the pandemic or that you hope will uh, as a result of legislation or is just a result of people's changing habits that you hope mm-hmm. that you think could be a silver lining in, in how we ultimately, you know, and resiliently overcome this whole period? Um, yeah. So, I mean, to, to answer the first part, like legislation, all about that. I mean, I think, I think it's good. Time will tell in terms of where we land once this all kind of settles. Um, but you know, like the in hospitality, you have like all these people um, from the back end and then to the front end, um, and like especially with the front end, where like front of house staff doesn't really have anything much to do right now. Um, you know, especially in restaurants, like they're not filled to capacity. They're not, um, they don't need as many people. Um, you know, the back of house, um, kitchens, you know, some places are still just doing a ton of takeout and they're, um, kind of able to keep that crew going, but then you have the front of house staff that relies on tips and then there's not as many people coming in. So like, how do they make it work? Like, do you, you know, some restaurants choose to kind of like you know, get rid of the tipping thing and just include that in the cost of the meal. Um, I feel like people in me, in the community have been super generous, you know, and then getting takeout, they'll, they'll leave a generous tip. Um, and, but then in terms of like how it's going to change the industry after this, I think like there's some things that we all learned that were actually positive out of this, like more efficient ways to do things or like other ways to like, to, to serve people like the, you know, online ordering and curbside pickup and, um, you know, all these other options that like came out that I was like, Oh wow. Why didn't we just, why didn't we always do this? Like when we had the lobster shack, it was like, we had takeout and we just people park and we bring their bag out to their car. And that was like so much better than having them come down and wait in the line to get their takeout order. Um, so I think stuff like that is going to stick around like this, even the pre-ordering and, and all that. It's actually like, it's kind of helpful in some ways. Like with respect to the culinary industry, I don't think most Americans recognized the huge share of our commerce that was in the culinary industry. I think it was shocking to people who were unfamiliar but if you were to look at the pie of culinary industry employees, it, it was it was a huge number, and yeah. and it still is thanks to the resilience of and, and survival of so many. Do you think it surprised people? Probably did. Like, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, you know, being someone who's in the, in the industry, like you understand it and people who have never worked in it or don't really think about it, like, because it's not relevant to, you know, what they do on a day-to-day basis. Like to, they don't really know how it works. And, but like, you think about like how often you like just go grab a sandwich or go out to dinner with your friends or like 
have an event somewhere, a birthday party out. Like it's, it's a huge part of like our lives. And especially like in this country, like we love to, people love to go out and eat and, you know, like going out to the like cool new restaurant, trying all the places is like a big part of, um, you know, but like social life um, and like something to do. So. Absolutely. Um, well, whether you're partial to the roll or to the bisque, uh, McLoon's the place to get it from. Bree Burns of McLoon's Lobster. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me.